Game over, man. Game over. Rob Lee is here. Sean Champion's here. We're doing Aliens. This is Let's Watch It Again. Just tell me one thing, Burke. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study, not to bring back, but to wipe them out. That's the plan. All right, people, on the ready line. I am me! Yeah! I am me! Nothing back here. Look, I'm telling you, there's something moving and it ain't us. Get them out of there! shaking cats and kittens i'm rob lee and uh this is let's watch it again um so movie review podcast where we break down and cover our favorite movies hopefully your favorite movies and um today for the first time ever i have the talented the super talented book sean champion i have sean champion on a podcast <laughs> hi <laughs> so I, this, this is rare. This is a rare treat to be able to talk movies, to talk outside of the art space. And I get to be a little more problematic, Rob, ridiculous, Rob in this podcast space. So yeah, this is going to be fun. So I wanted to talk about, um, aliens and I think this is coming up on its 35th anniversary. I believe it was released in July. So as we're recording this, it means I have the pressure to get this up in July. Uh, so what kind of relationship do you have with this movie? Is it a regular watch? Is it a, uh, you know, something that you've seen a lot of times? What's your relationship with this movie? I have a very deep and personal connection to this film. Um, it is my mother's favorite film of all time. So um, I think I've brought this film in every format for her as, as it has gone along. Um, and she decided that I was going to watch the rewatch it. So she sat down and rewatched it with me and she just could not stop smiling. It's her favorite film. She quotes it well, all the time. Well, hopefully we can, we can do this justice uh, and really hit those, those key points. So for those who've not seen it, I'm going to go over the synopsis. I'm going to go over some of the, the key points. We're going to talk a little trivia. I got some observations. They're not quite observations. That's for another podcast, but um, you know, we'll get into it. So <clears throat> synopsis, this is the, the sequel to the, the, the second movie in the, the aliens uh, franchise. And it's interesting to to call it that because for me, this was like the first movie I saw out of this, this group of movies. Um, I didn't see the original alien until much, much, for, much long after seeing this movie. And I have some thoughts and observations on that. We'll talk it about a bit later. So synopsis. 57 years after surviving an apocalyptic attack aboard her space vessel by merciless space creatures, Officer Ripley awakens from hypersleep and tries to warn everyone who will listen about the Predators. Aliens. Does, does that really hit on the synopsis? Would, would it be anything you would add to that? Take out of it? What are your thoughts on that synopsis? I guess I guess it's a good synopsis of what's about to happen. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's more that happens. I mean, we could get into the, the weeds with it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the thing I like to do because usually when I go to any of these websites, you'll have 
the story and then you'll have the synopsis and usually the story goes in deeper because like this doesn't even really cover the space marines the colonial marines or uh or or newt or any of that stuff um but i think in terms of where you're at because i didn't remember that this was 57 years after yeah which is clever on their part because if you're doing a movie and we run into that occasionally now where you have these pretty long gaps between the first movie or the, the following movie versus the, the subsequent movie. And this came out in 1986. The original came out in 79. So that's, that's seven years. And I had an observation at the beginning and I was like, huh, Ripley's perm. Ripley's perm is doing very well in the beginning of this movie. <laughs> and I had the opposite thought. I was like, this wig is terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, they couldn't even get it to match. What is going on? So and immediately they just cut it. It was like, nah, you're going to be short. Yeah, yeah, they realized it. I'm glad they did. So this was directed by James Cameron, um, and he's credited as uh, credited as one of the three writers, along with uh, David Geiler and Walter Hill. Walter Hill, a lot of action movies, or what have you, and it's it's a good um, combination there. Um, I'm blanking on one because the producer is worth um, crediting and acknowledging because uh, she kills it. Um, where is her name at? Because you would, you would think I've done this before. Gail Ann Hurd. Fire. Because, <laughs> I mean, I think the producer's job is always like, it's, it's a little thankless, but once you're up there, it's like you're, you're the person. It's like you're the person to go to. Right. In terms of uh, stars, one might be an omission here. And I want to know if you can guess this omission. I'm just going to run down the list of who is in this movie, who's noteworthy in this movie, who's the star of this movie or the stars of this movie. Obviously, we have Sigourney Weaver, Michael Bean, Carrie Hinn, Paul Reiser, Bill Paxton, and Lance Hendrickson. Which of these things is not like the other? <laughs> um... Wait, go down the list again. Who was the last one? I feel like Mary uh, Hen is it. Doesn't she like quit acting like immediately after? Yes, you're right. <laughs> she she's a teacher. She became a teacher. And uh I I have I have thoughts. That's in my I have a I have a thing in towards the end of this called what works and what doesn't work. And uh-huh. she might be in one of those lists. <laughs> um, so as I touched on earlier, this movie is the part of like a larger series. So and from your standpoint, cause I, I know that those later movies, uh, the Prometheus movies, do you consider that part of this Canon or is it kind of like, and eh, those are different things. Huh, I feel like they're different things. I want them to be Canon. I do love Prometheus. Um, okay. I know a lot of people did not like Prometheus. I was satisfied with it. It, you know, I didn't expect the best i expect what i got and and i enjoyed it so you know it is what it is but yeah yeah so prometheus ended up uh overtaking this movie actually uh so this was the highest grossing film within that franchise um up until prometheus came out so like holding that heavyweight championship for about 26 years um, and the movie cost 18.5 million to make, which seems like you guys got a lot done um, in that budget, even though that's in 1986 dollars. And the box office was about 180, 180 million dollars. Wow. So it was a summer, you know, summer release, too. So you had that summer blockbuster thing and, you know, it, it did well. It was not a lot that came out that summer. I believe Howard the Duck came out during the summer. So oh, take from that what that. you will. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, it's a it's a song in there that <laughs> it might be the first Marvel movie if we're being honest. Yeah, that and Blade. Yes, I even will throw Punisher in there. I don't know if you've ever seen that I one. The uh, nineteen eighty. Yeah, there's only one good thing about that. It's not his ass at the end of the movie either. It's just like I didn't ask for Dolph Lundgren booty. <laughs> So um, let's see. I'll, I'll I'll leave this up to you here. How do you want this to go? Do you want to go favorite scenes first? Do you want to hit on what works and what doesn't work, or do you just want to get into some obs- um the the trivia component? Which part would you like to do next? Um, let's. I want to hear this. What works and doesn't work. <laughs> 
Okay. And, and, and feel free to put your, your two cent here. This is, this is where, you know, we're, we're going to tag team this one a little bit. I have some, some stray observations. So here you go. What I think works is space. I think space is we, we've seen, especially during the eighties, we're removed from, um, we're removed from star Wars. We're, post like uh, the earlier iteration of star trek and we're moving into the next generation so they didn't spend a lot of time on space because it still looks really good but you could tell that these things are painted or 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 some type of uh, miniature that's there so having space and using in the way that they did and kind of staying in this you're running away from something you, you almost forget that they're not on earth at one point because you're always inside of something, but you know that you're seeing space in the beginning, you're seeing space in the end, and we're not messing around. So I think that that really works because even now with how things look a lot better, if you say that there's a movie in for real space, I'm probably not going to watch it. <laughs> like, I, I don't need to see gravity. I'm all set. I'm sure it was a, was a feat. I'm all set. Uh, as I touched on earlier, I think another thing that works is the time jump. Um, you know, actors, they, they age and, um, that's, that's the thing. So we didn't have the aging then we shouldn't be using it now the way that we do. It's like, ah, that's not what you look like. So (laughs) using the, the, the context of we're in space, we kind of write this and make this work. We were in hypersleep or whatever. You can do weird things with age and time and, and make that kind of, um, kind of work within the, the framework of the story you have. Um, I, as far as space goes, I agree. Um, I they did uh, notes. I was literally like, the first thing I noticed about this movie is food is completely set. We're, we don't have this like very clean cut, shiny, um, shiny. I don't know, sterile uh, like looking space. Um, it's gritty. It's like dirty it's dripping it's all that kind of stuff but i think that works really well that they kind of took that away from our um you know normal eye palette but the set's actually terrible (laughs) when i look look back at it i was like oh my god this looks so foamy (laughs) like it just oh no it looks really bad and i'm still and but as I got into the movie a little bit more, I was like, you know what? I, for- I completely forgot that this is trash part. You know, like this is, you know, the budget matches. <laughs> and and that's the thing that, that pops up in there too, that um, I, th- I think one of the notes later, they were talking with, um, with Gail, uh, Gail and Hurt about uh, the cost of the movie. And most of the money went to the sets and the, um, I guess the, the, I think I forget it was a 20th century Fox. They were really tight. They were like, where are you putting, what's your budget for special effects? What are we doing here? I thought this was a sci-fi movie. (laughs) So apparently they spent a lot of their money on the sets and 35 years later, Sean champion is like, nah, that's what says low foamy. (laughs) It just looks so bad. I'm just like, Oh, we really believe that this was space. It looked better in the first film. Yes. And, and that's the thing that comes up too. there was um, a bit of conflict between the initial like crew, because um, I believe that that uh, James Cameron worked with most of the crew that was from that original one. But they were like uh, Ridley Scott's guys. So he had to get over with them for them to kind of make the set. And maybe is what they decided to put out there. It's like, yeah, this is good. It's not Ridley's. It's fine. But it, it was some tension on set with that. It's like, you're the new person. We don't really respect you. You need to get, get over with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we touched on, I think this is, this might be somewhere in the middle because you, you've, you've twisted my perception of the perm wig. So <laughs> I'm going to take this off my, what works. I thought it worked initially, but you're right. Because if she would have popped out of the the pod or what have you, the hypersleep pod with like the equivalent of like the wild fade, I would have been like, yo, come on, come on. Can somebody pay attention to this? What's, what's happening here? Yeah, um, I understand why they did it. It just looked really obvious. Um, and it was like a cool transition into her new look. So this is definitely a thing a black person would say like look i'm looking at your hair and it is not real <laughs> no not not that it's just like the curls were so big and i had just <laughs> literally watched the first movie so i know her hair didn't look like that like it just looked 
like the it, mm. <laughs> it was, it's one of those things of like I, I do this running bit with my uh, with my partner i was like yeah so what's our pattern i'll, I'll ask in a movie using the tracy ellis ross thing mm-hmm. like uh, is that a is that a one c where are we at here oh my gosh it was so bad <laughs> uh I, I think that this really works because it works in the same way that one of my favorite movies is RoboCop and this, it works in the same way that the news works in, in, in RoboCop, the company that the Wayland company, when they doing, when they're doing a whole debrief with Ridley um, Ripley earlier in the movie, mm-hmm. I'm like, I hate these guys. They are exactly what you want. It's just, this is a line item. How can we just account for this thing and, and close that book? And that's what that whole sequence in the beginning of the movie, when she's talking about her crew who were murdered by this thing. And, you know, we're seeing pretty much the whole rundown, kind of that covering like what happened in the first movie for those who have missed it. Cause it's not really, in my, in my opinion, it's not really a canonical, well, not canonical, a chrono, uh, chronological sequel insofar as it's, this, it's, it's, it's Ripley and we have the xenomorphs we do that quick, hey, here's Yafit Kodo and Tom Skerritt and the rest of the guys that are dead, but that's about it. And we get that scene in the beginning and all the stuff that the company is saying, they're all assholes. So I think that that works because it gets them over as, you guys are terrible. Excuse <laughs> me a bleep. Uh, let's see. And lastly, I have in what works, Stan Winston. I mean... <laughs> it, it, it was it was new work it was new work going on here you know you're building out these creatures and you know some of the stuff that i read about the, uh, them putting together the queen was a um was it was a it was a task it was a herculean task and i i it's, it's effective because i don't want to be there it feels like everything is wet you know what i mean <laughs> like like ugh, what am i stepping in <laughs> it's just it's just gross in that way um now and I think he was effective in that. Um, is there any observations or anything uh, that you think like worked that I didn't really hit on? Um, what works um, for me, the soundtrack, mm. the soundtrack works really well um, at like throwing us into these very intense kind of scenes. So like when you, when it first comes on, it's very like lullaby almost like it's soothing us. Everything's okay. It's going to be fine. And, um, you know, as things get more and more intense, you know, the music like kind of picks up, but then I really like the idea of using like this military cadence to, to amp up the, uh, I don't know. It feels like you're on, along with them. You, f- at least for me, when I did, I yes. feel like I'm one of the soldiers along with them. Especially in the beginning, when they're um, they're all suiting up and getting ready to go, and it's like this little drum cadence that's going on. I'm just like, wow. I feel like I'm about to go on this mission with. Um, and then it it reprises as soon as they're in that space. Um, and the aliens are creeping in and they're like, we can't find them. <laughs> Where are like, they? Oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. So that whole like drum, if you go back to it, like the soundtrack is just perfectly crafted. The, the score, it's great. I agree. And I, and I think you, you keyed in on something very interesting when it came to like the beginning, this that lullaby thing. If we're going from, let's say the first 20 minutes and however to include that thing I was talking about earlier with, kind of going over everybody that died in the first movie, we're waking up. It, you know, the last thing we saw is Ripley going to sleep or she's she's awaking in this scene. So having that in the beginning, it's like we're waking up and then we're heading into this militaristic potential potential nightmare. So that that's that's part of that the transition that we'll have you, I think, and they're using the score to to aid that. Absolutely. It does it's well crafted. Shout out so, to James Horner. Yes. <laughs> So now let's go to what doesn't work. Mm. Uh, and this is, <laughs> and this kind of goes into uh, a little bit of, it doesn't age well. So the first person, the first character I have is Vasquez. Oh yeah. And now my filth side, I'm like, yeah, I like Vasquez. <laughs> my adult, like she's Jewish. 
she's playing all like the like the actress actresses or the actor is jewish and it's like you're playing all of the stereotypes yeah it's like hmm. it's like you're playing the the stereotype that would that michelle rodriguez's career would later be i think in a lot of the movies she's been in and i'm like <laughs> it's like you're doing pull-ups and she's actually doing the pull-ups so points to her on that but it's like the tough kind of you could be lesbian you could not be in a stereotypical kind of way day in the marine corps like a day on the farm every meal is a banquet every paycheck of fortune every formation of parade i love the call but then i'm like the the guy that was blonde i was like are y'all y'all hooking it up like is you slapped him. He said, like, you're too much, baby. He's like, what is this? What is this sequence? And then she like, she, she like shaded my man, uh, Hudson. It's like, you ever, someone ever confused you with being a, you mean a man? Anyone ever confused you with being a man? You're right. It's like, it's That's like, one of my mom's yo. favorite quotes. It's a great quote. Yeah. Her bandana was iconic. Though, I will say that. She was iconic. Um, in another time, she was iconic, you know? Yes. She, she can't do those things now. She shouldn't do those things now but now you you replace that character you replace the actor right um but that character is iconic um that was literally my mother's favorite part of the movie um the we'll we'll talk about that actually i'm thinking about it because i was like she did the the move that when you're culling, when you're trying to thin the her to get to the next stage, uh-huh. that's the thing that happens. And I was like, is this preordained? So like towards, and we're not really covering this chronolo- um, chronologically, but when we get towards that sequence where uh, literally you had three people do the self-sacrifice move to, yeah. to, to, to get Ripley and the gang out of there. Right. And yeah, I was like, mm, you're too tough. You're going to die, but you're, you're going to make it to like the last 20 minutes of the movie. That's what's going to happen, I think. Yeah, um, I'm trying to like peek, peek at my notes here too. <laughs> no, no, feel free, feel free. Because I had, um, so I talked about the dream sequence in the beginning or whatever, but yes. then I liked the introduction to how corny the crew was. Like it was <laughs> such a corny introduction, but you just got this really, I, I felt like it was good enough for quick character development. Yes. Um. That's actually one of my favorite um, sequences, like how we get to to some of that. And part of that is because they shot the movie out of out of order, like a lot of his stuff is about a lot of James Cameron stuff is. And so at that point, the the cast had been together, especially like the Marines um, had been together that they actually were like friends. So that camaraderie really comes through. And, you know, with kind of having really thin archetypal characters, it really comes through that you guys have worked together. And of course, you know, I love me some Alpone. I was like, yeah, there's yeah. a cigar, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. All of it was just amazing. Um, but yeah, she does not work at this point. Um, Newt, Newt does not work. Now, I, I recently um, listened to the, it was the unproduced, do script i'm blanking on who did it uh they did it, it was an unproduced script they turned into an audio drama and they had like michael bean and uh, lance hendrickson involved for alien 3 alien 3 was very different than what david fincher directed and then said i'm not i'm taking my name off of this um and in this iteration of it and, I, and i'm blanking on who, who who did it but newt and michael bean's character are still alive in it you know spoilers right um, and yeah and because that was one of the biggest things that people were tight about. It was like, yo, this character you made out to be, you know, we've accepted it. Because like in the 80s, if you're under 15, you're annoying. <laughs> As a character like Top Round, which is wild problematic from like Indiana Jones. But Newt was like, you gotta, you know, can, they, can they just, can we get a chest buster like over here like stat? Um, <laughs> but then at the same time, the, the thematically i think it works because one one of the themes in the movie is motherhood right and right you know so that that works and eh, really does it they, they are trying to get it to work um the the thing at the end was undeserved though when she's when she picks up newt and newt's like mommy and i was like oh no yeah it's this thing that they do with like female archetypes mm-hmm. the maiden the woman and the wise woman and it's like come on 
they, they literally put her down this path. They did. She's covered every archetype at this point. It's, yep. mm, it's annoying. Uh, they, they tried it. They, that was the, cause I mean, you can almost not even have Newt in it. Um, cause it's, it's like, yo, we were getting out of here. We were gone. Ah, and, and it's like my man, Michael Bean is used as kind of the dad type, but not really. I was like, what's the stepfather dynamic? It's like Newt doesn't have a dad kind of kind of situation. He's like the new dad. He's trying to get himself over as I'm a good guy. Let's go get her. Let's go get her, Ripley. Let's find her. I know she fell down this gear. Let's get her. Like, no, you got 15 minutes. Like, Big Daddy Bishop is gonna pull off. So <laughs> you need to get your ass in gear. Um, I don't know. I feel like I disagree. I feel like Newt kind of works. Okay. Because we needed we needed Ripley to have a reason to care. Um, and there's no reason for her to care about these Marines that have forced her to go out here. There's no reason for her to really care about these settlers. Um, she'd be ready to get out of there. Um, so in order for us to actually have a movie, she's got to care about somebody. Um, I did find it interesting as we were doing like the character introductions Mm -hmm. and immediately her and Hudson bond, um not Hudson Hicks is it yeah Hicks yeah Yeah. um like Bond like you could tell immediately he had her back from like jump and so so at first you're thinking like oh no that's that's the person that's going to make her care and then you get this little girl and you're like oh no that's about to be trouble because they had you know it's always trouble when kids are involved you want to you know they make it safe I'm like sorry little (laughs) Rebecca (laughs) <laughs> I hope you make it. Okay. 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 You know, you're, you're, you're swaying me or what have you. She's, she's a, she, she's a kind of works for me then. Cause you, you, you have a point that it makes her care, but it, it doesn't get her there though. Cause I think no. a piece of, um, of, of her being involved is Paul Reiser just flat out lying what, what their purpose was or what have you, which is a thing she's fallen for a couple of times in this whole series. She almost fell for it in three. And it didn't quite happen, but uh, yeah, we're just going there to kill it. Mm, are you? We're just going there to kill us, alien. So I think in this notion of like you killed my people, and I lightweight want revenge, mm-hmm. and I'm having these nightmares and all about it. That's what gets her there. She didn't know there was any body that was going to be there, let alone the kid. Mm-hmm. But once she sees the kid, you, you kind of like look, you're innocent. So I got to right. do my part to get you out of here. And um, yeah. I think I think that that's how it goes. So I think I think you're you're right in that regard. And lastly, when I have that doesn't work because it's just gross to me. Uh, when the queen dislodges from her baby sack, <laughs> I was like, yo, it's like, ew, was like what? It was just like push, push. And I was like, what the hell is this? And it just dropped. I was like, right now we have cicadas, right? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, this is gross. I don't want this. I don't care. And um, it was just, I don't know. Just, I was like, how, I was like, cause I've almost forgot when she's chasing um, Ripley and Newt, I was like, how is she going to, and then you just see un- unhinged. I was like, you got to make another one of those too. Cause you, you're making the babies. This is, this is gross. And it felt like I needed an adult too. <laughs> so that's what I had in what works and what doesn't work. Was there anything uh, else you wanted to touch on before we get to some trivia and other observations? No, uh, I'll save the rest for observations. <laughs> Alrighty. So I'm going to get to trivia and then we hit observations. Um, so trivia, and it's, it's almost that thing I want to record. I want to in- integrate in here. Tell me if you heard this one before. I almost want to do that. But um like most films, as I touched on earlier, the um, film was not shot in sequence. Uh, but for added realism, James Cameron added the uh, scene where the Colonial Marines, one of the earliest scenes, um, they did that last so that the camaraderie with the Marines was so realistic because the actors had spent months filming together. So the shootouts and all of that different stuff um, was, was later was later um, was was later in the movie, but it was filmed earlier. So they already kind of had this connection and camaraderie and bonding. Lance Hendrickson, who played Bishop, uh, was uh, had privately ple- um, pledged to quit acting if he if he didn't get this part, if the part didn't work out for him because he had been a journeyman so for so many years in, in acting. And it proved to be one of his most successful um, films. 
And yeah, like I think he's been, and maybe I'm wrong, but he's been probably the second uh, most, like the second uh, most popular character within this franchise. Because I believe he, because I know he did the video thing, and I think he popped up as a, as another version of Bishop and Alien Three towards the end. And pretty much everyone dies, you know, except for Ripley, even though she comes back as a clone or something in later movies. So it's like those are the only two characters or versions of characters that have popped up in um, multiple um, installments of this franchise. Wow. In both the standard and special edition versions, the 15 minute countdown at the end of the movie is indeed 15 minutes. Did you know how you run into movie time? And it's like, oh, that's not 30 seconds. <laughs> and it apparently is 15 minutes. That's awesome. I did not know that at all. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver had several notes for James Cameron after having read the script. Although he could not grant all of her requests, Cameron praised her for never taking issue with the direction he wanted to, to take the story. Um, her, um, her notes were all about how she felt Ripley should respond in certain situations, and he was happy to accommodate those. Cool. Early, early in the movie, we had the knife trick, right? Which is, don't try it at home, folks, if you're watching the movie. <laughs> um, the knife trick was originally going to be done by Bishop alone. According to Lance Hendrickson, uh, he suggested to James Cameron to have Hudson's hand on top of his hand, in which uh, Cameron agreed, as Hendrickson felt the scene need to have a little something extra. Uh, this change was discussed with almost everyone except for Bill Paxton. <laughs> Hendrickson also remembers a long night of drinking after shooting the scene, followed by a reshoot of the scene, and it looked too fake. So they uh, they sped the footage up. The footage up. He accidentally caught uh, Pink's, uh, Paxton's pinky with a knife in the reshoot. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so he actually got cut. Oh no! I mean, it, much. so we we watched that scene. Uh, with uh, my mother and another family member. And this was their first time ever watching Aliens. And it got to that scene. And you could literally see them stressing out, like thinking he was going to get cut. And it was so good. I was like, oh, it's like watching it. Uh, yeah. That's great. I appreciate them speeding, though. You can tell, like, if, you, if you've seen you it's like, okay, this is this is fast. But mm -hmm. also, he's supposed to be a robot, so it's fine. Mm -hmm. Or, I'm sorry, synthetic um, person. <laughs> I think that's what he, what he said. Uh, according to Bill Paxton, he improvised the lines, including game over, man, game over. And his famous line, we're on an uh, express elevator to hell going down. It was probably improv as well as it doesn't appear in the shooting script. Uh, Lance Hendrickson wanted to wear double pupil contact lenses when um, for the scene for a scene where Bishop is working in a laboratory on a microscope and giving a scary look to one of the Marines. He came to the set with those lenses, and after a test, James Cameron decided not to um, that he did not need to wear the lenses because he was acting in a character just the right amount of creepiness already. He didn't need him to be more creepier. <laughs> yeah, uh, that would have been obvious as hell. Yes, absolutely. Because um, cause I think just the the obviously his hair is not that color, so it being so dyed, it made him look more synthetic, and maybe the the makeup choices because he's not sweating. Every obviously, and everyone is sweating. Whatever wherever they're at, it's hot, and <laughs> everything is wet except for Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bill Paxton continually apologized to Carrie Hen throughout the film every time Hudson had to swear in front of her. Uh, Carrie later admitted that she didn't mind mainly because she really didn't know what any of those words meant because she was that young. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> when he goes out, he's talking wild. When he gets pulled <laughs> under, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> So this is this is a rarity right here. And I think um, I think deserve it. I, I don't know who was up for this this award, but Sigourney Weaver's best acting Academy Award nomination for this movie was the first ever for an actress in a role of an action movie. Oh, wow. I think I do remember that. Al Matthews, who plays uh, the Marine Sergeant in the film, Al Pone was in a real life was in real life the first black um first black Marine to be promoted to the, promoted to the rank of sergeant um, in the field during service in Vietnam. And also this movie kind of has that that thing, that light Vietnam thing too, which makes sense because this is where this dude's experience is at. It did feel like that. Yeah. And I think it came out the same year. I, I know it came out the same year as Platoon. And 
my, my dad's a vet, a Vietnam vet. So he's like, yeah, yeah, that's not how it went down. It's like it's space. <laughs> you know, this is this is space. This is fictional space. <laughs> but when they wake up in the beginning out of those pods, I like the idea that Alpone either had the cigar in his mouth when he went into hypersleep or that's the first thing he got when he got out of hypersleep. I always think it's the first thing he got when he got out of hypersleep. Like he was like, whoa, let me go get my cigar. <laughs> so Vasquez is doing chin ups or what have you. And he's just like, I need a cigar to chew on. The fact that she's doing chin ups after hypersleep for however long is fascinating. And the underwear choices, uh, they're not great in space. I, yeah, they're not great. Underwear choices are not great. Uh, they're like the bathhouses. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, the only acting role for Carrie Hinn, uh, she went on to become a teacher. The alien nest, um, as opposed to Elliot nest, which that sounds a lot like, I don't like that. The <laughs> alien nest was kept, um, kept intact after filming. It was later used as the Axis chemical set for Batman in 1989. When the Batman crew entered a set, they found most of the alien that's still intact. Wow. I know. What if that was probably terrifying? <laughs> it's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Can you uh, imagine? I I would be like, yo, what are we see? What are we shooting again? Like you you didn't read the script, you just read your stuff. You're like, what do we what is this? Who's here? <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. And, it's a lot of black. So it's just like, you just come in. It's like, turn the lights on. Why is it dripping? It smells weird in here. <laughs> the uh, Fox execs are in an early cut of the film and complained to producer uh, Gail Ann Hurd that it looked like all of the money had been spent on sets rather than the special effects. Gail took great delight in telling the execs that the majority of the sets they, they were seeing in the film were indeed miniatures or optical effects and IG spe EG special effects. The artists um, behind the images were very pleased that their work been, had been have fooled the money men so they were doing such good stuff because that's the thing that i think gets lost that we're a lot more reliant in like the last let's say 25 years on cgi to varying degrees that miniatures aren't being used to the same degree no not at all and you see like like when i think of like blade runner or something which is even four years before this film it's like oh yeah these are miniatures you didn't have money for this right According to Lance Hendrickson, during the production of Aliens, the film Full Metal Jacket, um, which came out in 1987, was being shot nearby. Um, because of the crews of each movie would often get together for parties, both films featured U.S. Marines trapped in intense combat situations. Uh, both uh, cast features U.S. Marine um, Vietnam veterans, Arlie Emery in Full Metal Jacket and Al Matthews in Aliens. And both films, the actors play sergeants and they use the phrase assholes and elbows. Coincidentally, both actors died in 2018. <gasps> what? Assholes and elbows. I am going to start saying that to podcasters. It's like, look, man, what are we doing? <laughs> you know the drill? Assholes <laughs> and elbows. James Cameron faced a big problem to win the confidence and the respect of the British crew, like I was saying from earlier, who, who worked on 1979's uh, Alien. They were fiercely loyal to Ridley Scott. Scott. So in order to try to convince them that he had the talent and skills to do the job, he arranged a screening of uh, the Terminator from 1984 for the cast to demonstrate his abilities. However, the cast ignored the invite and didn't show up. <gasps> That's hilarious. <laughs> they, were, they were dicks. He was like, yeah, man, big James Cameron here. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's like, we don't care. We, we don't care at all, actually. Oh, I want that kind of loyalty. I try to get that type of loyalty and I don't know. I had to do a Detroit Red move, just, you know, do Russian roulette and Russian roulette and show everyone when it comes to this podcast stuff. There you uh, go. A few more things. Um, the full the full size queen puppet was actually too big to fit into the elevator. And literally it gets on the elevator at the end of the movie, which I forgot happened. And I laughed out and paused it. That's the thing that I do now. <laughs> you know how you'll look at the runtime for a movie, right? And it's like, eh, can I watch this? Am I going to when I'm watching movies with my partner, she and I will pause it during different instances where something ridiculous happens or something where it's like, hold on, let's just run back for a second. And we'll add whatever that time is, almost like a soccer match. And it's like, all right, what was topish time here? And it's like, did it take us four hours to watch this two hour movie? Yes. <laughs> and we determine how bad the movie was based on how many times they have to stop. Oh my gosh. 
we we watched um shocker recently which if you haven't seen it and you like horror movies i'd recommend watching it it's one of those forgotten uh uh west craven movies came out in 1989 it's ridiculous i haven't seen it in forever there's a drop kick in it where whenever I see a drop kick in an actual when I'm in a movie, I'm like, hold on, no, 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 that didn't happen. <laughs> um, so it, it didn't fit in the elevator. So for the shot where um they they it's it seen in the elevator, the tail is removed and um the back and and yet the back of the elevator had a had prop um smoke dark lighting basically kind of theater of mine almost like this green screen that i have behind me or this black screen i have behind me is creating the image that it's taking up the space but really it's probably just a guy with the alien like torso on him wow one of the alien eggs is now on an exhibit so the alien eggs the, the sweaty gross alien eggs are is in a smithsonian really yeah. Wait, in the air and space or? It doesn't say, but it says there is an exhibit. So trip to Smithsonian. Smithsonian. Yeah, that's what I'm going to take my mom to do. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm taking this. <laughs> yes. Uh, the alien screams are an animal that is um, altered in post-production. Can you guess what type of animal it could be? Um... It's an animal like that's it's... not in the U.S., by the way, <laughs> to give some type of help. help. Oh, my gosh. Um, not in the U.S. And um, I feel like it's trees. a bird. Ah, actually, it's a baboon. Oh, OK. They've used the wild like monkey to, to, to make the sound. <laughs> wild monkey. A monkey. <laughs> um, Sigourney Weaver had been um, very hesitant to reprise her role as Ripley. Say Sigourney, you like blew right through her. Uh, Sigourney Weaver? Yes. The way Sigourney Weaver had initially been very hesitant to reprise her role as Ripley. Uh, she had um, she'd rejected numerous offers from Fox to do any sequels, fearing that the character would be poorly written and um, a subpar sequel would hurt the legacy of Alien. However, she was so impressed with the high quality of James Cameron's script, specifically the strong focus on Ripley and the mother-daughter bond between her and the character Newt and the incredible precision in which uh, Cameron wrote the character that she finally agreed to do the film. She was, of course, disappointed when Cameron um, had to shorten the movie. The cut, um, the cut of the, the scene where uh, Burke brings Ripley the news of, the, of, of just missing the death of a character, uh, the, the character's daughter, of her character's daughter, where uh, Weaver felt it would be, would have completed the circle of the mother-daughter bond with Newt, the scene was later restored in a special edition. So I think there's like 20 minutes in the special edition of just stuff that was cut out of the movie. So apparently yeah. this movie was close to like three hours. Yep. Seen it, um, of course, because I had to get that box for my mother. Um, <laughs> so we, we did get to see it and her, it, it was tragic. Um, I think she got really emotional after that. Uh, in the director's cut in a while, but yeah, I do remember that scene. So H.R. Geiger <laughs> was not was not brought back for the character design for the second movie. He was um working on Poltergeist Two for the other side. So um he you know was not happy. He was disappointed that he wasn't called back, but he still said the execution and the character designs were beautifully done. So good on him. Yeah. And lastly, as far as just this trivia, um, Michael Bean. Uh, so that was uh, Hicks. Got the call on Friday night asking to take over the role for Hicks um, from James Remar, who was in London um, and, and uh, who was in the, and he was in London um, at the start of the film. It was filming on Monday. So he got it a day before. And it was very similar to how John Hurt got the role in the original movie. Someone dropped out and it's like, I need you here immediately. So it's like, he got the call on Friday. I need you on set Monday. Oh, wow. So Mike, Michael Bean finds a way, like he's, I feel like he's, I feel like he's James Cameron's guy because he was, he was freaking in Terminator. He was Kyle Reese. He's a good dyer, like Sean Bean. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's a good dyer. <laughs> I mean, Sean Bean, you know what I mean? He's like one of the best. Absolutely. So Michael, B. <laughs> it only makes sense, you know. So I want to throw this last one at you because this is kind of funny and it's kind of gross. Um, Lance Hendrickson uh, had a little food poisoning towards the end of the movie. Ew. 
So when he's impaled by, <laughs> oh my god, the queen, that's real. So it's not real, but he got sick from the yogurt and milk that they gave him to spew <gasps> out. because oh. he is going for it. And I was like, oh no, oh my gosh, yogurt and, and milk—that's so gross. <laughs> When uh, characters would die um, in an interview with Movie Phone, uh, Scorny Weaver said that she would uh, give the actors bouquet of bouquets of flowers before the filming began, like the day, like your character's dying today. When it was time for Paul Rice's character to die, <laughs> she gave him a handful of dead blossoms. Uh-uh. <laughs> like, see, he sucked. <laughs> Burke sucked. <laughs> Um, so that's pretty much that that trivia I have. Hopefully it was something in there that the, the fine folks listening and it may, be, it may be even you since you've watched every iteration of this. I think you have <laughs> the Sean Champion cut, maybe. I don't know. But um, so observations, let's, let's get to that. The, I'll, I'll let you go first. I've been yapping. So what observations do you have? I feel like this is one and I could be wrong, but I felt like this was one of the first films where um, product placement was really shoved in our face with the mm-hmm. Reebok um, shoes <laughs> and the little, like, I just felt like they just kept putting it in my face. Like, okay, I get it. Reebok. It's Reebok. You want me to buy it? I don't know where it is now, but you know, like I see it. Um, so that was one of my first observations. Real quick. I'm, I got it. I have one. That's one of my observations actually. <laughs> so I did research on it. Um, so there are Bishop had a version. Ripley had a version. We didn't see, really see bishops. His are like, um, so, um, gold and black, and they're called the Stomper High Tops, the Alien Stomper High Tops. And because you know, I'm not a sneaker here, but I am a dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went on Stock X. You can get these these uh, Stompers for a thousand dollars currently. Really? Yes. Wow. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I wasn't sure. I was like, something. There's something up with these daggone shoes. They keep popping up here. Um, one of my observations was love how they're like ascending at breakneck. I mean, descending at breakneck speed onto the planet and no one has helmets on. Good observation there. Hell yeah. Like I was just like, wait, aren't they like barreling into the planet? Do you think they're going to jump out of this like parachute or something? I don't know. Oh, we don't have no bumps. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just it I felt mean, like it was all bad. The only person that got a concussion was was freaking Goyer, right? It's like it's like, yeah, you deserve that. You yeah. Dick. <laughs> he looked like he was probably a jerk. They probably wrote that in. Yes. Yes. It's like, let's just make him a complete asshole. <laughs> and then knock him out so we can get him off set. Cause right. Yeah. He's filming an episode of Columbo or something because he's like one of those day guys. <laughs> like, uh-uh. oh, yeah, I got three series. I got three series I'm working on this week. Uh, um, one of my other observations is I this whole movie is full of badass women, like from beginning to end. It's mm-hmm. it's Ripley. It is the pilot. It's the soldier. It's the hero. It's the little girl. You know, like everybody who was kicking ass in this, in this film oh, yeah. was a woman. So that's like one of my favorite things about it. And I think that might be why my mother loved it so much because it was the first movie that kind of put the woman as the hero. So that's awesome. Absolutely. And I think that's a, that's a James Cameron thing where, you know, it's like, I'm going to have it in there. You got Sarah Connor, you, you got, um, I'm, I'm blanking on her name, but you have Michelle Rodriguez's character and Sigourney Weaver and Avatar. Um, and um, Zoe Saldana in Avatar. And it's just like, yo, this is what I do. I mean, he's probably a dick to be married to or what have you, because that has his whole litany of things. But he definitely hand, hands it over. And it's like, yo, I need a strong woman in this movie. I wonder if he's doing it because, <laughs> because that's how he feels or because he's like, this is different. Nobody else does this, so I'm going to do it. And that's what makes him stand out. Could, could be a little bit of both. Yeah. Could be both mm-hmm. at the same time. Would, did you have any other observations? I do, but I would like to hear some of yours. Uh, wh- my, mine's are going to be maybe in the form of questions. Oh, okay. Well, cool. <laughs> Why do androids always seem untrustworthy? Like that's the characterization <laughs> in this series. Um, 
I think once they write the uh, the character archetypes, they try to stick to the formula. Um, and I think it's set up in this particular movie. It showed her trauma from the other one. It was like a gotcha moment. Like, aha, you thought I was going to let you die, but I'm not. You know, like. And then he got just freaking impaled or what have you. And he, he saved Newt, too, because she was going out of that airlock. Exactly. So it's like you set up and then you set it up for him to do the big switcheroo another time. You know, like it's like, you know. They, they tried to do that to a lesser degree with David and the Prometheus movie when uh, and then the Alien Covenant. And I was like, eh, it didn't quite land. However, I will say this because I, I like when shit just goes left. And I, I was watching uh, Alien Covenant with my, with my partner after we did this podcast festival. And it's that scene when David kisses previous David. I was like, yo, these androids are about to make out. And she was like, no, that's not about to happen. And then he started making out. And I was like, where I take it. The next question I have uh, in these observations, where does the loader rank in terms of 80s movie tools slash weapons? Where do you kind of put that at? Is it iconic? Is it not? It's as iconic as, well, it depends on who you ask. I was going to say it's as iconic as the pizza thrower on top of the Ninja Turtle van. Wow, nice. <laughs> Let's point to that. Points on that one. So I don't know. It's like it could be that, or it could be just as iconic as like you know RoboCop's uh, get up. You know what I mean? Someone totally. like my mother. So because that's like again, that's one of the parts where she's like, "Watch, watch, watch! Look at her! Look at her doing the thing! She's doing the thing!" Get away from her, you bitch! You're like, right? Wow. That exactly. So that whole moment was just. I think it's. It's iconic. It's it's good. And I appreciate that they set it up earlier instead of just, you know, hey, I know how to use this. It's like we haven't. No, nah, come on. It's just take two seconds. She was able to use it. She mm-hmm. impressed like, you know, Alpo, a- Apone and friggin uh, Hicks and, you know, did the thing with it. It's like, yeah, I, can, I don't know how to use this loader. It's the equivalent of, uh, of of like a not a flatbed truck or what have you. It's like having that license. It's like, yeah, I can drive this forklift. It's almost to me, if if to get really geeky about it, it's almost proto like Gundam Wing, um, exosuit, something like that. It, it, it I think yeah. it sets up that foundation for that because that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty iconic. So the last question slash observation that I have is when people think of of Ripley as the dope action character, is is it more? around this particular movie or is it as the franchise the whole body of work within this franchise again it depends on who you ask so the the dedicated fans will see it as the whole franchise sure um she was the voice of reason in alien you know Mm -hmm. and she she knew how to get herself out of there you know she knew how to get herself out of trouble um i think what turned her into an action hero was aliens um because her super grip as the alien is hanging on to her foot yes they're both being sucked out of like space in space is is phenomenal um so i don't see how that couldn't turn her into a superhero movie um so yeah that's great i think this movie probably set her up for that whole like being an action hero woman whatever that is she, she was doing those she was doing one arm push-ups next to Vasquez. they didn't show that that, that was where that, that upper body strength came from um i i think it's definitely the the two movies i think it's the because she, she wasn't the person like the lead was was what tom scared or what have you in the first movie and you know she's that carryover and became like i think her most maybe significant franchise for the actress for sigourney weaver um and Really, it's it's this one. It's like you did such a dope job and the character was so dope in this movie that, you know, we don't need uh, Alien Resurrection or what have you. We don't need really Aliens 3. And I feel like somebody, I feel like there was a slam dunk in that movie. I feel like she was shooting the basketball or something <laughs> at one point. And I was like, mm. and that wig was not good either. If we're keeping it. That was a greasy know, wig. Yes. It was a greasy wig. That's that's a season of a of my new podcast, Greasy Wigs. <laughs> um, 
but I think it's, I think it's definitely this movie, but I think as a whole, it's worth watching all, uh, for, it's worth watching all, all of the movies. Cause part of this came up for me because my, my partner did a deep dive and she was like, I'm going to watch all of the predator movies. And she'd asked me, are the alien versus predator movies worth your time? And I was like, mm, depends on who you ask. I, I Sean champion did. It's like, it depends on who you ask. And I was like, uh, first one, not as much. I don't like when you change things to make it PG 13 suitable, but the second one goes so left where you're killing children <laughs> in the first few minutes. So I was like, look, this is, this, this is, is not going to make up. <laughs> For what was it? Sanaa Lathan saying, "You're one ugly mother." Boom! I was like, "Don't, don't do that." Don't. <laughs> but then you have, then you get Mahershala in, in Predators. So I mean, I need to do a Predator one. That's going to be next. But yeah, I think, um, I, I think as a whole body of work, it, it has its merits. But this is definitely when it comes to like ranking the movies within this franchise and how Im- important this movie and the characterization of Ripley in this movie is. It's definitely top seed. Yeah. Absolutely. That's all I had. Did you have any, any, anything else and any final thoughts here? Well, first I want to say, I think people should reconsider alien resurrection. Um, it has its own unique qualities and approach and it's one of my favorite directors. So I understand, um, why people were a little put off by, by it, but we used to seeing that style that I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a blending of two of the style things that I love. Um, so yeah, revisit that. Um, other than that, I think I, the only notes that I really have, I, are we talking about our favorites? Are we moving into something else? Oh yeah, we can hit favorite scenes. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, okay. thanks. You kept me on point there. <laughs> points to you, points to you on that one. Yeah, um, I feel like the pain in uh police face when she's witnessing like the soldiers dying like that's some of the best i don't know i don't know if you want to call it subtlety work but she's not mm-hmm. talking you know what i mean and i was really just like uh she ties she right now she doesn't know what to do and it kind of really sets up that scene of her like knocking what's his name out of the way like no i have to save these people and that's it's the turn for me of her becoming that terrified person who just happened to survive alien to becoming this hero. Um, so for, for her to act that out and be so stressed, I'm just, um, I thought that was really good acting for her. So that's one of my favorite scenes. Um, and she just kind of kicks it into high gear. Um, I feel like, I think, I I, I think with that one, you're right. Like everyone seems unprepared, especially Gorman or what have you. It's just like, uh, that's just, uh, Alpone. It's like, sir, <laughs> like just have your concussion and, and, and lay down or what have you. I, I feel and, like that's you know, all they could do. She just, she just peels over there and, you know, freaking, you know, the Tesla joint and just like, yo, get in. We got to get out of here. Cause these, these people are being slaughtered and she knows it as soon as like, She's like, oh no, mm-mm, mm-mm. I got to get out of there. Get your men out. Yeah. It's like, shut up, Ripley. Get your men out of here. <laughs> he was so unprepared. And it even happens later when uh, uh, Hudson is like losing his shit. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole game over, man, game over, man happens. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. It's like, Get your shit together. It's like, at least for the kid, at least for appearances. Right. And it got progressively. That's what I, why I think this is such a solid acting job from Sigourney. <laughs> because she started off very, you know, PTSD. Yes. And then we notice her be traumatized and the hero kicks in. And then we notice well, now the hero has kicked in. Now she's get your shit together. We got work yes. to do. And then it got even more badass when she goes to save and she's backing out of the um the nest real slow and the yeah. and the pod opens <sighs> and she's just like and she turns her head like Mm-mm, not today you know what I mean like yeah. not today and then we get the last iconic scene of you know get away from her you bit you know that kind of, like <laughs> it just got progressively more badass it was like the movie just started off at this slow little lullaby to rock at the end of yeah absolutely the whole thing it was great so it was the prog it was the progressive rock equivalent of a story it's like oh this is where we're going with this yeah, exactly 
so that 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 whole nest scene was amazing for me um mm-hmm. it looked great visually um this movie is very blue by the way too yes it's blue and it's crazy but that whole scene of her like psyching herself up and going down that and getting hyped up like all right this, <laughs> i don't know how this is gonna end but i'm not going out without a fight you know what i mean so it was just really really good to see <laughs> Good weapon work when you know that thing that 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 is I guess is a trope when you have movies. It's like let me show you all the weapons I'm taking with me. To exactly. Get, it's like flash grenades, <laughs> weapons. It's like all right, man. What is this a commercial? <laughs> of that, but it also point for always setting us up first, so things don't come out of left field. And we're like, what the fuck did she get that? <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> Um, so for Hicks to be showing her that and kind of walking her through it. She was like, yeah, show me everything. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was that little scene with the, uh, with the loader when the little flamethrower comes out. I was like, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> right. I was like, mm, we didn't see that earlier. That That's, that's really convenient. How are you going to use that? That's not a weapon. That's awesome. But I mean, those are pretty much observations other than the colors and the music and then uh the lullaby scene as everybody that's her and newt going to sleep that's that last frame is something that a photo of it just looked very storybook um the glass is foggy you can see both of their faces are we gonna sleep all the way home all the way home can i dream Sonny, I think we both can. The lullaby is going on. It's like very soft and it's like, are we safe? You know what I mean? Like, it was great. Can we sleep? Away <laughs> home. Yeah, like one of y'all ain't gonna make it. <laughs> Two of y'all ain't gonna make it. Uh... Ooh, that opening scene for the... Is that a spoiler alert? <laughs> well, actually, three. I ain't gonna make it because technically Bishop was still alive, I guess. And uh, no, they said, "Have you, have you watched in a while?" I I haven't watched the director's cut. I have it. I, I bought like the collector's edition. I have you that has the uh, embassy cut of three, and I believe the director's cut of two is in there. So I have to check. I have to watch it. I have to rewatch it. Yeah, that that I think I watched that opening sequence like ten times, like the last time I watched it. <laughs> so eerie i was oh, this is beautiful it's beautifully shot it's a strange movie but you know it is what it is <laughs> that's that's all i got uh i think you've hit on each one of the things that that i had too in terms of um like i i like the um the the acting i agree with that uh sigourney is during during the uh the the hive scene that i call it the hive ambush or what have you that was just dope everyone's just going out and it is insane and it's kind of um a culmination of what um uh hudson said we're going to hell man it's like yeah there's a person on fire and someone stuck in a wall and you're all going to be slaughtered shut up going off like that whole sequence of we got to call we got to thin this herd because we got to move we got to move to the next thing so gorman hudson and vasquez all go out within the span of a few minutes and even in this um uh hicks 
gets taken off the board too because he kills one of the uh, xenomorphs, but then he gets his friggin' face burnt up. Seven. Six. Can't be. That's inside the room. It's reading right, man. Look. Well, you're not reading it right. Five meters, man. Four. What the hell? Oh, Give me the light. so it's just like none of you are going to be used um bishop is off the board because he's you know he's the computer pilot kind of dude or what have you so ripley is on you you got to get this girl did they last jedi yet (laughs) a a little bit a little bit that's what they're like i'm gonna kill all these important characters (laughs) this is what we really wanted (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's I, I, I think it's that. And um, I, I really liked going back through and rewatching this movie. And it's been a treat talking with you about this movie. Likewise. Thanks for bringing it back to my attention. Yeah. So um, so until next time, I think that we can wrap it up here. So until next time, I'm Rob Lee. And again, thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean Champion. Check Sean Champion out. Sean Champion. I'm just going to keep saying it until people get it. <laughs> That's why I do it. Say it until you get it. Where can they find you on social media if they want to check you out? Uh, on Instagram, uh, it is Sean Champion or Twitter, Ovo Sean, O V O S C H A U N. Thank you. So um, until next time, keep, keep watching those movies, folks. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. Oh!